Hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. I am Jory Myers, owner of Atlanta Dispatch, and we have a very, very distinguished guest today. We have Brother Trey Griggs. So, Brother Griggs, man, uh, look, for the folks who might not have heard about you so far, uh, you know, can you please give us a brief introduction? And we're going to segue into Beta Consulting Group right after that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on this uh, with you tonight. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. Um, as Jory said, my name is Trey Griggs. I live in St. Louis, Missouri for the last 11 years. Started my DAT, been in sales for a long time as a, a technology vendor within transportation with a load board provider, a DAT, you know, rating solutions with a TMS provider, with a tracking solution, with a staffing solution. And just recently went out on my own um, to really focus on helping companies build their brand. I realized a couple of years ago that even though I'm in sales, I see the world more from a marketing perspective, from a branding perspective, from a messaging and content creation and um, how do we draw eyeballs and what's going to get people's attention, what, what's going to attract engagement uh, and those types of things. So I made the shift, went out on my own, bet on myself finally, took a long time. It was a long uh, adventure to becoming an entrepreneur. Um, and that's just a little bit about uh, myself. I've got a beautiful wife of 17 years. Her name is Tammy. We've known each other for about 24 and a half years. Coming up on 25 this August when we met in college. I've um, got two beautiful daughters, 14 and 12, Hannah and Naomi. Freshman in high school and a seventh grader. Um, love to play golf, love to play music, love to sing, lead worship at church. Um, love to remodel homes, kind of an expensive hobby that I've gotten myself into. <laughs> and uh, and that's, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yes, sir. Well, hey, man, that's a beautiful introduction. Congratulations to you and your wife. Uh, you know, having that union, have, being able to build that family uh, centered around the church. That's a very beautiful thing. I do recall our, our conversation beforehand. So I appreciate those nuggets that you dropped on me about, you know, not only marriage and, you know, just family and communication and just the, the value of, you know, doing things as a team, um, but also, you know, just being very, very transparent about, you know, just, just growing, you know, we're not always yeah, yeah. the answers, um, you know, right there in the moment. So I do appreciate those nuggets that you, you dropped on me, uh, you know, what was it last month? Yeah, it was last Yeah, month. well, about yeah, three or four weeks ago, something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, man, uh, so happy to have you here on the stage and, you know, all right, so let's talk about Beta Consulting Group. All right, so Beta Consulting Group, that's your baby. You know, congratulations. Being able to, you know, take that leap of faith. Uh, I, knew it, I know it took a lot, but congratulations for being on this side. It seems like things are, are really hitting from you, man. I mean, hitting for you, man. Like, uh, what's, the, what's, the main, what's the main thing that people can come to uh, Beta Consulting Group and know that they're going to leave away with? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is that we're all about serving people and helping them live a better life, whether that's personally or whether it's with the company. And we do that through branding. You know, our mission statement is to glorify God and make much of him while helping each client build their brand. And what we mean by that is we want to help them build their reputation because that's what brand is. Brand is what somebody thinks about you when they see your name, when they see your logo, you know, when they, when they, when they see something about your company. What do they think about you? And that's what we want to help to, to build is reputation. Um, you know, a name, a good name is worth more than silver and gold. We believe in that. And so we want to help companies to tell their stories. And that's the other side of it, too, is that we think that every company and every founder um, has a great story to tell 
Uh, and we want to help tell those stories, you know, and a lot of our, our clients are actually transportation technology companies that, you know, are started by engineers, really smart people that know technology in and out, but sometimes they don't know how to tell that story, how to communicate what they do and why they do it and the value of, of what they're doing. And, you know, that's what we want to do is help with the storytelling, with the messaging, the content creation, using social media appropriately, getting into podcasting if they want to and different mediums to tell those stories and build that brand. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Well, uh, I know that you definitely can help people bring out their background. The fact that they all have lived, uh, you know, a thousand different lives, had plenty of careers and how that all culminates to the service that they're able to provide to their their customers. You know, today, you know, talking about you specifically. And I know that you you've had a lot of jobs, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> you've done a lot of different things from, you know, being a teacher to a youth pastor to, you know, you've just done a lot. You know, how how do you feel as though uh, your background and the things that you've been able to do have uh, kind of prepared and, and led you to be the CEO of Beta Consulting Group? Yeah, that, my background is, uh, some might say a little sketchy. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I got a lot of numerous jobs in there, moved around a lot. You know, I think, I think for me, it's been a journey to figure out, um, you know, what I want to be when I grow up. It's one thing. Although I will say this, my first job, and if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you guys can see this. It's a, it's a parade of jobs. But the first one, I was a high school physics teacher, and that was the first time in my life that I felt like I was in my sweet spot. I woke up every day super excited about that job. I built that program from 12 students when I got there um, on the physics program to to 60 before I left and just loved it, had a passion for helping students understand physics and enjoy it and and, and do that. And what's funny is I look back and I was building a brand even back then, my personal brand as a teacher. And for our program, the physics program, we became known as the fun department, the fun class, because physics, man, you can do anything. You can go snow, like sledding in the snow and, you know, calculate the (laughs) kinetic coefficient of friction. I took them to Royals games. This was in Kansas City. I took them to Royals games and we calculated how high a pop fly went just by how long it was in the air, how fast runners were running around the bases. I mean, all these different equations and having fun with it. And we had a great time, built rockets and shot them off on the football field, which was nuts. We had a blast. And so <laughs> I was building the brand back then and doing that. And I really felt like I was in my sweet spot. And then my wife and I got married and I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor. Well, surprise youth pastors don't actually spend a lot of time with students. <laughs> you know why, Jory? Because they're in an office all day planning for their Wednesday night and Sunday morning with the students while the students are at school where the teachers were. So I realized quickly, man, I should go back to teaching because that's where the students are. Right. So I went back to teaching, did full-time ministry or part-time ministry on the side. And the, the, the long and short of it was, you know, my wife, we had our first uh, daughter and then we had our second and she wanted to stay home. And so we did the one teacher income and part-time ministry for a while. And it, it just it just was almost untenable to make it happen. And so we made right. the decision to get out of that, got into sales. And it just took me a long time to figure out who I was going to be as a business professional, which is way different than a teacher or a youth pastor. So I was in several different jobs. I learned a lot of different skills. I had a lot of different leaders, a lot of different systems and structure. And it was probably about 2018 that I started to feel kind of that rumblings of, man, I think, I think I'd rather do my own thing. And it wasn't so much because I had this great idea or I thought that I could, you know, maybe change the world. I was just dissatisfied with um, the companies that I was in and the inability to be creative and to make decisions. And rightfully so it wasn't my ship, you know, so I couldn't steer it. And so if I wanted to steer, I had to build my own ship. And so I started thinking about, well, what would I do? 
you know, what would I do? And I'm an educator, teacher, coach by nature. And so over the last three and a half years, it started to become clear that I think that consulting in some form or fashion would be uh, something I would do well. And, uh, and then it came down to, okay, well, what, what are my skill sets? What are my passions? Where could I really help people out? And that's where, you know, beta consulting came up, came up. And, uh, and it's been great. I absolutely love it. I love uh, steering the ship. It's very hard. Entrepreneurship is, is incredibly hard. Uh, the, the days can sometimes be long and very challenging. But at the end of the day, as long as we're staying true to our why and what we're doing, it matters. And I'll say this, Jory, this is the first time since I taught physics in high school, this is the first time that I feel like I'm in my sweet spot again, where I get up and I can't wait to work with clients and work with our team and help them out. We've got a young team, but they're very talented and get a chance to work with them every day and you know, be the kind of leader that I always wanted and the things I've learned about leadership, put them into practice, see if they actually work and, uh, and, and go down that path. So um, so it's been a blast. It's been a wild ride, a lot of jobs along the way. And I guess to put it, to answer your question, this is a long answer. <laughs> to answer your question, Jordan, all of those experiences, um, I, 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 I draw on all of them in some form or fashion to, to be who I am today. So when I have a, you know, when I have a, a team member that's having a rough, rough day, man, I want to be the leader that I wanted when I was having a rough day, asking how they're doing. I make it a point every day to ask my team, how are you doing today? Because I want to keep a pulse on it. Just let them know, hey, I'm interested in this. I care about how you're doing today. And if you have something personal going on, that's important because it's going to impact, you know, your work. And I need to understand that. And how can I help you with that? How can I pray for you? How can I, you know, provide you with relief in some form or fashion if you need it? Um, You know, how can I challenge you? How can I push them? And so I I draw back on a lot of these experiences um, as a leader now to hopefully correct some of the things that I thought could have been done better when I was, when I was moving along my journey. And be a great leader, which is tough, you know, but it's all about servant leadership and how can I serve my team? How can I serve our clients? You know, how can I be um, be a servant to all, you know, which is the example Jesus left for us. If he's going to wash the disciples feet, which is the lowest job of all. Then I got to be willing to do whatever I need to do for whomever at any time. Yes, sir. Man, I love that mission statement. Uh, can you say it again? Yeah, our mission statement is to glorify God and make much of him while building each client's brand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it sounds like you're staying true to that and the way in which, you know, you even structure your time in the way that you, you know, make yourself available for uh, the folks who are reporting up to you. Uh, So it sounds beautiful thus far, man. I can't wait to uh, talk more about beta consulting and, you know, what it's looked like to you so far, you know, since you got started. Um, But in the meantime, let's go back just just a hair. You know, you said that you know, sales, leadership, marketing, you know, and the flurry of jobs. I know that you used to do one job, one job that I also did. And, you know, you, you had to become a sales professional real quick to make the, the trip worth the time, you know, door to door sales. Yeah. <laughs> door to door sales is something else, man. So what did, what did that experience of, you know, going door to door, selling office equipment, you know, and all that kind of good stuff, uh, teach you about closing in the moment, you know, getting yeah. somebody entirely, you know, not in a bad way, negative way, but, you know, really leveraging your skills to get somebody to close the deal on the first go around. Yeah, that, that was a wild experience. I mean, imagine going from a classroom and being youth pastor where let's just be honest, performance is not that critical. I have a good day teaching. I have a bad day teaching. It's one day. I still got my paycheck. I go home. It's not, you know, it's not that that critical, but in door-to-door sales, man, if you don't sell, you lose money that day. And um, and I was 32 years old, 
my wife wasn't working because she was a stay-at-home mom. We had two small children. It was 100% commission. And talk about a shock to the system, but a good shock to the system. Like, it, you know, it was, I tell people this all the time. I learned more in that, you know, 15 months of door-to-door sales than I probably would have doing anything else to learn sales because you learn how to talk to any type of people. You learn a lot about yourself, about handling emotions, about rejection, about high pressure sales, you know, how to read people, how to overcome objections in the moment. Like I don't have a day to think about it. I've got a minute or 30 seconds or 20 seconds to think of what this person is telling me right now and how can I respond in a way that's not just to overturn the objection, but to really answer their question. Because the one thing I learned was objections are really just questions that are unanswered. They're uncertainties that need to become certain. And learning how to deal with that on the spot was really challenging. But man, I got to tell you, like it was, it was crazy just driving door to door, uh, walking into businesses, meeting people for the first time. And, uh, and I, you know, I still draw on a lot of that today, just the ability to talk to anybody, the ability to make people laugh, the value of making people laugh and helping them enjoy their day. Because everybody that you're, that you're working with are people and sometimes they're going through difficult things. And if you can make them laugh a little bit, if you can make the experience enjoyable, then it only helps out. It may not, you know, guarantee a sale, of course, but it's going to help you out. And so learning how to make people laugh, learning how to have fun with it, um, you know, being different than every other door-to-door salesman that walked in. So let me give you an example. So um, a lot of businesses have no solicitation signs on their windows. Correct. And when I, when I started door-to-door sales, that freaked me out. I was like, oh, I'm not going in there. There's no, there, there's no way I'm walking in there, right? Because they got a sign. I, I can't go in. And I had a trainer one time. He goes, what are you talking about? Let, let's go in. And so I was like, uh, okay. I mean, you know, it was sketch. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into this. Well, we go into this business and the lady says, guys, hey, we got a no solicitation sign. Get out of here. And this guy, my trainer, Donnie, he was so good. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, but it looked old. Like, look like you guys have had that for a long time. It's kind of torn up. <laughs> Listen, we sell new ones that are much bigger. You can keep guys like us out of here in the future. Like, totally diffused the situation on the spot. And the lady laughed. And she goes, all right, what do you, what do you guys sell? What do you got? And it, it just completely changed the, the whole dynamic, right? And so learning these little skills of like how to just make people laugh, how to be different, you know? I would come in and I wouldn't even say a word to the gatekeeper. I would come in and I would just look around as if I was looking for my keys like they were lost. And then the lady would be like, <laughs> sir, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm looking for the Tootsie Rolls. The lady next door had the really good candy. Do you guys got Tootsie Rolls here? Because I could use one right now. And uh, this is before I even introduce myself or before we start talking. And so just trying to be different, trying to make somebody laugh, trying to really stand out, which is the name of my podcast, Standing Out, because that's what we're trying to do is help companies stand out. So I, again, I learned a lot about that. I learned a lot about indifference, that in sales, you know, your customer has to want it more than you. If you, have, if you want it more than your customer, they're going to sense that and they're not going to be interested because they're not going to feel like it's their decision. They're going to feel like they're making a decision for you and they need to make a decision for them. So having indifference, learning how to handle your emotions, um, it, I learned a ton through that experience. It was incredibly helpful. Yes, sir. Man, you said so many things that I want to touch on. Uh, just c- going back to the most recent uh, indifference, you know, people can smell desperation. And when you're pushing too much, you know, it's, it's just a turnoff. It's a smell that people don't want to be around. So indifference, yes, sir. I think that's a, a great point. And, you know, as a dispatch company owner, you know, I people ask me all the time, they come to me for advice as far as, you know, they want to get into the industry. Uh, which direction do I think they should go? And I, I ask them, I say, do you want to go the, uh, you know, the straight shot, um, go to the top of the top, or do you want to go the scenic route where you might get 
uh, you know, more experience. And in my my experience, the scenic route is dispatching box trucks. People people hate it, but it's the same thing that you said you got a chance to experience uh, all the no's, all the objections, all of the, you know, talking to so many different people. And there is a there is a, there's an oversaturated market of box trucks. So for every load that's posted, they're going to be uh, 50, 60, 70 calls coming in and everybody's willing to take it for a lower price. So what is going to make you different? So, you know, the whole point is getting that experience of hearing no and overcoming those objections is the main reason why I would tell somebody if you're interested in getting started, one, you're going to have a unlimited amount of clients as a, you know, dispatch, uh, a dispatcher that services box trucks. Uh, but on top of that, you're going to go that scenic route and build the relationships that are going to, you know, help you in the future. So I, I love that experience that you, uh, you, you, you detailed just then. And you also mentioned the podcast and the podcast, if I'm not mistaken, did you guys just hit 120 episodes, something like that? We did. Yeah, actually, today was our 120th episode. We started in March. We decided to go every day. Which is a big commitment, but yes, we, you know, yes, our, sir. <laughs> our, our, it is, and it's live every day. So it's a live show. It's not recorded. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics that are very exciting about a live show. But we wanted to entertain, educate, and inspire our audience, and bring great uh, guests on the show every day, and and hear their story. You know, learn from every. We have got incredible people in this industry with with great experience, great wisdom, awesome leaders, and I want people to to hear those stories and and learn about them. So we go every day. We're at 120 episodes. I can't imagine uh, not podcasting. I love it. I love doing it every day. Uh, and so it's a lot of fun. I've got four different podcasts that I do right now and looking to potentially start maybe a fifth one. So um, I enjoy that. One is daily. The other three are weekly. And that's a lot of fun. Hey, man. Congratulations. 120 episodes since March. That is bananas, man. That is bananas. <laughs> yeah, we're looking to have about 200, 220, I think, by the end of the year. Like yes, that. sir. Wow. How, I mean, you know, I, I can obviously you learn how to talk to a lot of people. You've always been, you know, at least for the last uh, little bit, you've been teaching, you've been in front of folks. Is that how you naturally felt, you know, attracted to podcasts? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, it goes back to even in college. So in college, I had a radio show on Saturday mornings, although that radio show was really just to attract the ladies because I would just play songs in the morning. And I knew I knew the songs <laughs> that the ladies in Ely Hall liked. And so I would play those on Saturday morning. And one of them was is my wife, who at the time was just a friend. But I knew her song and I played it every Saturday morning. Uh, but I, I, I did that. I broadcasted football and basketball games on the radio. I always enjoyed media and communicating and speaking up on stage. It never never really scared me to get up and talk um, and 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 present information, whatever it is, to perform, to sing, to speak, whatever it is. And so podcasting to me was like a, it kind of scratches all the itches for me in the sense of education, um, speaking with people and communicating to audiences. Um, it, it really hits on all that. And I really feel like I'm the best, the biggest benefactor of my podcast because every day I get to ask amazing questions to amazing people and hear their amazing answers. And it's like, I'm in class every day and, uh, and I absolutely love it. And I'm hopeful that all of my listeners feel the same way but even if they don't it's worth it for me because it's 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 like you know an mba class every day with some amazing leaders hey man i love that and uh you know hosting uh this situation right here the transportation logistics uh clubhouse has also afforded me those opportunities to just 
really grow relationships with some great people, some successful people, folks who are really passionate about the things that they do. Um, so you being able to hit it full speed like that, man, that is a, you know, that is awesome to hear. And, you know, the fact that you have been able to, uh, you know, interview so many different people, you have all these different um, opportunities with those four different situations that you mentioned. Are there any episodes that you feel like really pull some greatness out of you? Things that you're just like, oh man, I'm so happy that right there came to light or, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, take this to the, to, to our subscribers, to our viewers, to our community. Uh, do you have any episodes or anything that came to light like that? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing that I really want people to, um, to, to galvanize towards is servant leadership, because I think that's critical for successful companies and for people to truly thrive is to have servant leaders, people who, under, you know, you, you mentioned early in the broadcast, you of uh, the people that report up to me, as I think the phrase you said it, the truth is, Jory, I think that I report to everybody. Like it is my job to serve everyone on my team and make sure they have what they need. And so I try to invert that, uh, that hierarchy, that organizational structure, which is usually a triangle with a point at the top, with a leader at the top. Imagine that inverted and I'm at the bottom supporting everybody. And that's the job of a leader. And so the episodes that I've enjoyed the most have been the ones where we focused on servant leadership and learned, um, you know, some skills that really um, will help with that and some whys behind that. So I'm thinking of episodes with Dusty Holcomb from Red Stack Fulfillment, with Shannon Breen of Freyvana, with Charlie oh, Sapro, CS Recruiting. Yeah, go ahead. I said that's my guy, Shannon Breen. Yeah, Shannon's awesome. I mean, just one of the one of the best leaders that I've I've met. I try to spend as much time as I can with him because I want it to rub off. Um, but there's, there's good people like that, um, you know, that, that we've had episodes where I walked away and went, oh my gosh, that, that guy is absolutely amazing. And, uh, and so many others. I mean, today, Jordan Reber from ARL Logistics, just a great leader, a great networker, collaborator, communicator. Um, it was, it was an awesome episode today just to hear him talk. So yeah, I mean, any episode on servant leadership has just been tremendous, but those people in particular, uh, if you get a chance to go back and listen to those episodes, I mean, there's just so much gold in those that I took away from it. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm definitely doing that. I'm so happy that this right here is being recorded so I can go back and get all of those names yeah. and I, it will behoove everybody else. That's a that podcast is Standing Out, a daily podcast about sales, marketing and leadership by Trey Griggs. Uh, so so definitely look that bad boy up. It goes every day. That is commitment, my people. That is commitment. <laughs> At this point, you know, do you feel like the the guests are coming to you or do you feel like you're still having to put a lot of legwork into, you know, scheduling the folks? Well, you know, again, I, you know, you say it's a lot of work and it is, but when you find something you're truly passionate about, it just never feels like work. And when I'm either scheduling a guest for the podcast or doing the podcast or promoting it or whatever, it doesn't feel like work. I've been really blessed to have a great network and this would go to the power of a personal brand and building a personal network. If you have a great network, it will take you so far, so much farther than you can imagine. It's important to have skills and to know things, but it is infinitely more important who you know and who knows you and what reputation you have with those people. So I've asked a lot of people to be on my podcast and I've only had three people say no. And two of them, it was just a time conflict. And one, it was a, a conflict of sponsorships of my, you know, my, my sponsor and their company. And so I've had almost everybody say yes to be on the podcast. And I'm currently scheduled out through September and working into October right now. 
And, um, and it, it's, it's, um, it's kind of both, you know, I, I seek out certain people because I want them on the podcast and I've certainly started to get people saying, Hey, I think my CEO would be great to be on your podcast, or I would like to be on your podcast. And, and so it's a different dynamic because now I'm having to vet people a little bit and say, okay, yeah. tell me about your, tell me about your CEO. You know, I want to make <laughs> sure I know who he is and having conversations before they come on the podcast. Um, kind of like we did, you know, we met, we had a conversation before you had me on here and I'm going to have you on my podcast, but we had that introductory call to get to know each other. It's that kind of thing now. So it creates a different dynamic because some of the people I don't necessarily know, but it's certainly exciting. And I keep thinking to myself, Jory, who's going to end up on my podcast that I can't even imagine, you know, from our industry or just you know from the world. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how big it gets and where it goes. But I wonder who's going to end up on this podcast that I'm going to look back and go, wow, how'd that happen? You know, Right, right. No, I definitely hear it, man. I definitely hear it. And you're definitely going to the stars. I'm in my personal conversations with random folks. I'm telling you, you pop up. I might be talking to uh, somebody that has a brokerage here in the Atlanta area. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking with Trey Griggs tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, so I was hearing about you. Even, you know, even before we decided that we were going to be on a, a podcast together. So uh, the fact that you're here now, I think is great. I think it's ordained. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of you being here. And you talked about personal branding. Uh, the fact that what you're doing now is natural. You know, it's not even work. It's like breathing. It's, it's, it's the things that you love to do. Um, you love talking about uh, leadership, sales, marketing, and the fact that you've been able to, you know, just grow a comfort level of teaching these things to people. What you're doing is just just like breathing. Um, you know, so I guess that brings us really to the 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 conversation at hand here uh, with with these small, let's just say just companies, not not going to say small fleets. We're just going to say companies that do anything at a level where they began recently. And now they have the power to control their narrative. Social media is not going anywhere uh, and is basically being dictated however that that person wants to portray themselves. How can the, what are some of the tips that you would say to somebody about building that brand uh, that would position them in the same conversation with those major service providers that, you know, are kind of like household names? Well, the first thing I would say is this, is to run your own race and don't compare yourself with other people. You know, some companies got a, a head start, you know, they might have done social earlier or they built a brand even before social media. They've, they've got a brand that's out there. Don't compare yourself to other people. The comparison game absolutely derails people um, or it puffs them up too much. Like when you compare yourself to someone else, another person or to another company, there's really only two conclusions. One is you don't feel good enough, which is which is not healthy. Or two, you feel maybe a little too good, you know, and, and it starts to develop pride. So you end up, you know, losing either way. And so the first thing I'd say is run your own race and get started. The second thing I'd say is be true to yourself. Like really think about who am I and what do I want to project and is that reality? You know, so when you when you put yourself out there on social media, you got to be who you are, authentically you, 100%. Don't try to be somebody else. Let me give you an example. Our, our good mutual friend, Chris Jolly, uh, you know, the, the freight coach. Uh, right, Phoenix. right. He and I are great friends, man. We get, to, we, we get together a lot. When I go to Phoenix, I stay at his house. You know, we hang out a lot. We talk about content a lot. We promote each other's stuff. Like, we want to see each other win. Like, we, we love each other. But we could not be more different in how we come across to people on social media. 
You know, right. he has been in a different <laughs> a- aspect of logistics. He likes to drop F-bombs like every other sentence. Yes, yes he does. Uh, he, <laughs> he speaks his mind. Sometimes he can get political. He doesn't care. Like, that's who he is, right? It would be foolish for me to try to act like Chris because that's not who I am. We're just cut from a different cloth in many ways. But what makes us work on social media is that we're both authentic to ourselves. And so when you think about who you are and who you want to be, first of all, don't be ashamed of who you are. Um, and, and don't be afraid to put it out there, you know, because you're going to attract people that appreciate that. So some people that might, I would, I would, I would venture to say this people who appreciate the F bombs from Chris appreciate not hearing from me because they know that that's who we are. If, 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 if Chris didn't do that, people would probably go, Whoa, what's up with Chris Jolly. And if I did that, people would probably say, Whoa, what, what is Trey trying to do? Who's he trying to be? Like you just have to be your authentic self, whatever that is. And don't compare with anybody else. Just run your race. And then the, the last thing I would say is, you know, who do you want to speak to? This will dictate what platforms you want to be on and how you want to communicate. So if you're a trucking company and you're trying to really brand yourself with freight brokers, well, freight brokers pretty much live on LinkedIn and maybe Facebook. And so, I mean, there's not a lot of trucking companies that are promoting themselves on LinkedIn. I think I wish more of them would. They talk about their stories, show off their trucks, their equipment. Uh, their drivers, their mechanics, the, the different people that make it work for them, show that stuff off and start creating a brand because that's where freight brokers live and they might want to work with you. Even if you're small, you might have one truck, four trucks, 10 trucks. And you think, how can I compete with the, you know, the Schneiders of the world and the Swifts of the world and these big carriers that have been around for years? Well, you just get started, number one. But then number two, you start to highlight to your audience of who you want to talk to and where do they live and know where they live. If it's freight brokers, they're on they're on LinkedIn. Some are on Facebook. Um, if you're wanting to, to highlight yourself to other carriers, well, where do carriers live? Well, a lot of them are on Facebook. A lot of drivers are on TikTok, you know, and Instagram because they're on the road and they, you know, they're watching videos and kind of want to be entertained and different things like that. So, you know, you know where your audience is and what you want to say to them and just get started. Start running your race. And then the last thing I'll say is this, Jory. If you think of brand as reputation, then you understand that every interaction that you have builds that brand. So when you're talking to a freight broker and you're negotiating, you're building your brand. What kind of driver, what kind of business person you are, what kind of negotiator are you? When you're at a delivery dock, whether it's a pickup or a receiving location, how are you treating the dock workers? How are you treating the plant manager or whoever you come in in contact with there? Because they're going to remember that. How can you make it a memorable experience? How can you, as my, my good friend Randy Fox, he's a keynote speaker, how can you, as he says, provide silver platter service so much so that people go home and they talk about you around the dinner table? You're never going to believe this driver that came in today. He backed up his truck. He got out. He came in. He asked us how we were doing. He brought us some cookies just to say thank you for the work we're doing. I've never had a driver do that before. Like, you know, anything like that, something that will change the narrative and be memorable, build your brand. And as you do that over time, consistently over time, you'll start to have an identity that people are going to recognize. Brokers are going to want to work with you because you negotiate fairly. Um, Brokers are going to work with you because when they send you to their customer, they know that they're going to be taken care of with you. Uh, Shippers are going to want to work with you because they know that you're going to take care of their dock workers and treat them, treat them kindly. You're going to turn your paper in, uh, you know, uh, promptly and, and all those types of things. Every interaction builds the brand. So whether you have one truck, 10 trucks, 100 trucks, 1,000 trucks, every interaction that you're, you have, your drivers have, your dispatchers have, anybody is building your brand. If you think of it that way, it will change the way that you interact with every person you talk to. Yes, sir. I agree with that. And I feel like I've seen that 
you know, firsthand in many ways. One, I've been on the receiving end of such praise, but I've also given that praise. I've seen people go above and beyond. Actually, one of the listeners uh, just came back in here. Uh, One of my clients, uh, Josh Henry, he has has a, a trucking company. He's gone from, you know, me dispatching. Now he's He's hitting. He's he's moving his situation due to the <laughs> yeah. the level of service he was able to provide to uh you know the shippers just like just his his mannerisms just the whole entire thing of you know brand is reputation and you know so let's take it one step further right let's just say you as a business owner you are all those things you're you're hitting man you're doing a great job uh now you got the attention of the right people. Uh, but it's just you. <laughs> More business is coming your way. Like, how do you feel about outsourcing? You know, and you know, yeah, matter of fact, how do you feel about outsourcing? If outsourcing is the only way that you're going to be able to handle the growth that you are seeing due to you just being an amazing, you know, brand representation. I think outsourcing is uh, tremendous. I would encourage everybody to consider outsourcing because what it allows you to do is typically typically save money and typically get a higher quality service in return and let me tell you what i mean by that if you are um, somebody that's looking for an office manager you can hire somebody uh directly you're going to spend more money typically because you have you know things that a direct employee would have like benefits and and other things like that to go along with it and because you're trying to save money, you're probably going to get somebody who is not terribly qualified. You may have to spend more time training. They may or may not work out. They might leave. But if you hire somebody who all they do is manage someone's books or an office, and uh, that's that's their skill set, which a lot of people can do virtually now because everything is online, right? If you hire somebody who that's all that they do, one, you're going to have a business-to-business relationship. It's going to be a contractor, so you're not going to have the extras that go along with it. And two, you're getting somebody that that's all that they do. From a marketing perspective, a lot of companies don't want to spend money on hiring marketing professionals because they're expensive and you might get one for $8,000 a month. And that's not including you know uh, taxes and, and, and benefits. So you're really spending close to $9,500 a month and you get one person. How much can that one person handle? Versus if you outsource to a marketing agency, you could take that same eight to $10,000 and get a small team of people who are skilled writers, who are great video editors, who are great social media managers, who are great content strategists and marketing strategists, but they're doing it kind of more part-time in a way because you're one of the clients, but you're getting a professional to do it. So to me, outsourcing is critical. I outsource a lot of things. I mean, I outsource my accounting because I'm not a good accountant. I outsource my finances to a CFO because I'm not a good, I'm not, that's not my strength. I could certainly spend time and learn those things, or I can outsource it to a professional who knows what they're doing. I can save my time and I can you know, have somebody who knows what they're doing step in and take that, that over. So to me, outsourcing is vastly important. And what's most important is to find good people. So you got to find people who share your values. Again, this is where branding comes in. It's really important. What are your core values? What is your mission? What is your vision? And can you find somebody who aligns with that? And if you find those people that align with that from an outsourcing perspective, it is gold. And so to me, that's the most critical when you're looking at a vendor, when you're looking to outsource is don't just look at somebody in terms of the quality of the service, look at the quality of the person too, because that's going to be valuable. And when you do that, when you find people behind the service that align with your values, it's a great opportunity to win both financially and with just getting great service. 
Hey, man. Great, <laughs> great response. I, I'm loving that information. I'm praying that the folks who are tuning in live are actually uh, able to take jot some of this stuff down because uh, I, I think I, I'm, I agree with you head on, you know, 100% with that stuff. Um, okay, let me ask this then. <laughs> you know, you've seen transportation uh, from a few different lenses now. You know, you were with DAT. Uh, sales yep. and also with Lean Staffing Group uh, Solutions. Excuse me. Um, Correct. So you 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 actually uh, have seen the outsourcing side of things, but you also seen uh, loads that need to be moved and the people who need to utilize those those load boards to actually move freight. Like, what's your what's your interpretation or your impression on dispatch services uh, when it comes to helping small fleets? Well, I think they're really valuable when they're done the right way. And it's like anything else, you know, you get uh, people who take it seriously. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. And when you find those services, uh, you know, it, it's incredibly valuable because, again, you're getting the best of the best for a fraction of the cost and saving time. And especially for like owner operators and small, uh, small fleets, time is, is valuable. Um, and that's why you see, you know, sometimes you might have a spouse at home, book, you know, booking freight, booking loads. But that spouse probably isn't necessarily specialized in it. Some are. Some are really good at it. Some aren't. Um, and you have to evaluate that. But again, if you can find um, you know, a great dispatch service for that, I think it's really valuable. But it's like anything else. There's good players and there's bad players. You've got to be able to evaluate character and make judgments on, on who people are. Do they align with your values? And again, if you find that, I think it's gold. But you know, there's, there's always going to be bad players that give a bad name uh, to, to certain things. And that's in every aspect and everything that we do. Um, so it's just a matter of finding the the ones that share the same values that you can really partner with. Because anybody that you do business with, especially on a vendor relationship, is it's it's kind of like dating or getting married. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with these people, you know, and uh, you want it to work out. And so to me, the values are really important um, and the service is important as well. But I, I think it's really valuable to have that. It's hard as a small business owner to do everything well yourself. It's just hard. You know, typically you don't have the skills. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I don't have skills when it comes to organization, when it comes to finances, which you might go, how in the world are you a CEO of a company? Well, it's a great question. I have other skills that I think are really valuable that, that work well. And I try to build around my strengths and fill in areas that I'm not as strong. And I learn a lot from those relationships like with my CFO, with my accountant, but that doesn't mean I want to do it full time <laughs> just because I learned a lot. I want to make sure that I have people who this is what they this is how they live and breathe this is their sweet spot and that's going to make my business better uh, agree man agreed it is about those relationships and filling people out um you know you just pray that people are going to be them their honest selves uh so that you can make an informed decision <laughs> um but yeah no i definitely agree you have the people who are very professional who are uh dispatch agencies and you have the ones that might be in it for quick fast money because it's unregulated uh but no i, I definitely feel you on the fact that it just depends uh, if you get a true professional in any uh aspect in any business in any position uh that it would be a, a benefit to work with them um you know so look looking at your background man there's some things that even looking at your 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 uh linkedin you know i want to be a keynote speaker <laughs> i never thought about that uh you, you know, should be you know, yeah, and, uh, I, I think you'd do great. You know, we'll appreciate that. At one point, I don't think that I was going to be interested in public speaking, but, you know, leaning into those things that once 
scared me is, uh, you know, how I'm, I'm feeling like I'm becoming a better man. And, you know, being a keynote speaker, that sounds pretty good. I want to try that out. Uh, but you said you were well, a singer, too? Um, I, I like to sing. I don't know if oh. this would actually qualify me as a singer. <laughs> I, I like to lead worship because when you're leading worship, everybody else is supposed to be singing along with you. So they, 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 don't, they don't hear you as much. It's not as much of a performance. But I do like to sing. I like to play guitar. I love to dabble on the piano a little bit. I've never taken lessons, but I just kind of enjoy playing a little bit. My kids take lessons. Um, so I enjoy that. I've never, you know, it's funny. My mom used to joke around there. There never was a mic that I didn't like. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love being up on stage and, uh, having the lights on me. And it's funny, Jory, cause I used to think that this was a major character flaw for me that like, well, like, who, 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 who do I think I am that I want to be up on stage? And what I realized later on in life as I've had time to you know process all of it is this is how I've been skilled. This is how I've been gifted is to speak and to communicate. And not everybody wants to do that. If you were in a room of 100 people, there might be two or three people that actually want to be up on stage. The rest of them don't want to be up on stage. And so at some point, I started to just lean into it and say, you know what? This is who I am. I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to use this for good to help people out. And so I love emceeing events because, you know, if you go to an event, for example, if you put on a user conference and, uh, and you don't have somebody emceeing the service, somebody from your team has to do it. They may or may not be skilled or like doing it, and it takes them away from enjoying and being with the attendees at the event. So I love to MC events where I can write the program, I can work with the speakers and get the, you know, the transition, the walk-up music and the slides all ready and get everything ready and keep the energy going, keep the crowd involved and engaged and laughing and having fun and moving that event along. And it takes the burden off of the people who were actually, you know, wanting to be with their attendees that, that came to the event. So I love doing that. So I'm embracing that skill to hopefully provide a great service for an event to make it easier for them to enjoy the event with their attendees. You know, speaking is the same same way in many ways, except it's a smaller, smaller portion. You're only up there for 30 minutes or for an hour. And your job is to tell some stories that are going to provide opportunities to share nuggets that will help their life, that will help them you know, in their job, in their business, as a, as a spouse, as a, a parent, um, whatever it might be, and hopefully be entertaining at the same time where they can enjoy it and be memorable and they can look back on it. I remember learning when I was, when I was learning how to speak, and I was a communication major in college, um, when I was learning how to speak, I had somebody say to me one time that as a speaker, your job is to get the audience laughing, get them engaged, and when they have their mouth open, you shove the truth right down their throat. And it's kind of this idea of like, you know what, that you, to be a great speaker, you want to tell a story that draws them in, that's entertaining, that, that is captivating. And then somewhere in there, you want to drop some nuggets of truth that they're going to remember when they leave. It's going to help them out with what they do. And it's just a lot of fun when you leave there, even though it's a quick you know, flash in the pan, you can leave there going, hey, hopefully they, they heard something that's going to make their life better. And if they do, that's, that's a win. So I, I've just learned to embrace that about myself. And to not be afraid to, to get up and tell stories and be vulnerable and hopefully share whatever nuggets of truth I can uh, pass on to help people out. Yes, sir. All right, man. That sounds like, a, you know, that 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 idea of getting them laughing and then telling the truth. That sounds like uh, the recipe for Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he does. <laughs> well, it, it is. I mean, you know, if you think about comedians and I'll say this uh, till, the, till the day I die, I, I think the true genius is among us are the comedians because they have that ability to captivate an entire room for hours sometimes on end, you know, and keep them engaged. But then they oftentimes will share something with you that makes you think, that makes you consider something that you maybe you thought you believed or, or whatever challenge of belief that you have. 
and they often make you better as a result because comedians what makes comedians funny is they tell the truth you know what what makes comedy good is when they talk about something that we can all relate to because it's true and so some of the best comedians dave Chappelle and bill burr and uh so many others jim gaffigan and uh, michael jr and just so many others you know they they have that ability to do that and if when public speakers do that they're usually very well received yes sir i agree i agree look i'm going to ask a few more questions but i did want to ask uh, are you comfortable if people from the audience had any questions uh coming up to the stage? oh yeah absolutely i'm an open book absolutely okay gotcha 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 well look um folks if you had any questions please go ahead and raise your hands um you know and then we'll be able to uh bring you up to stage to ask the question but in the meantime in the meantime brother uh so back in the day i mean are you are, I know that you say that you enjoy golf. Uh, do you still hoop any? Um, I, I don't hoop any um, right now, but it's mainly just from a lack of resources. So I don't belong to a gym. I have my own little setup in my basement that I enjoy, and I didn't have access to a gym. But also, I reached the point in my life where I started getting some injuries, and my wife's like, you need to shut that down. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I don't I don't hoop as much as before, but playing in college was a great experience. Um, I played I played competitively probably until I was about 30, I'll say 34, 35. And then um, life kind of gets in the way a little bit. So I, I, was, I wasn't playing as much. And of course, when you don't play much, that's when injuries happen. And so it just started getting some injuries from time to time when I would play and, uh, and backed off. But I still shoot baskets regularly. And my wife just took a position at a, a local um, Christian uh, middle and high school that's attached to our church. She's now the dean of secondary education for those for the school, which means that I now have access to a gym. So I'm actually thinking about getting some guys together and uh, and running again because I, I do miss it. But I need to do it more regularly so I don't get injured. Well, yeah, man. I'll say definitely ease back into it. There's there's nothing I do today that I'm, I'm not easing back into because I understand those injuries. They can really happen <laughs> if I'm gonna if I say, hey, Jory. I want you to be able to, you know, lift more, or get stronger. I'm not going directly to the gym to lift for, you know, weight, you know, for power. I'm going to take my time there <laughs> methodically. That's right. Do some push-ups or something. Get yeah, back into it. <laughs> yeah, got you. Got to ease back into it. But the reason why I even asked you is because, uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Traffic Tech CEO Dave just called out Brent from Pinnacle Group Advisors. Yes, he did. I saw <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I I love that competitiveness or you know that camaraderie within the industry, and I knew that you had that. You know, I know you got that fire in you when you want to. So um, you know, maybe yeah, maybe that's good for the. I, you know, I, I'm pretty competitive when I get on the court. It's probably healthy that I'm not on the court as much because sometimes I got a little too competitive, but. There's there's nothing better than coming down and dropping a couple threes on somebody. And you know, Brent's a good friend of mine. We've had some conversations about that. My good friend Mark LeBros up at McClay's Logistics. Uh, I think that he and I need to take take those guys on uh, at some point soon. It'd be fun to play a little two on two and see what happens. But yeah, you know, I'll tell you a funny story about basketball real quick while we're waiting for, for people to potentially ask questions. I had the incredible honor in high school to play for the winningest basketball coach in the state of Missouri. His name was Bud Lathrop. He won 955 games in high school, which is just ridiculous amount of wins considering they only play about 25 games a year um and then i got to play in college for a coach who also won over 900 games larry holly he just passed away this past year he won 915 games and if you put him in the ranks with all coaches all divisions he's number 15 i believe so he's right up there with you know mike krzyzewski and dean smith and 
and so many others, uh, Jim Beheim, as one of the winningest college basketball coaches of all time. So I had the incredible honor of playing for two guys that won over 900 games. And I, I just pinched myself at what I was able to learn from those guys that I still carry with me. So tremendous experiences and um, doesn't say much about me, but it says a lot about the guys I got to play for that they won over 900 games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It does, man. Well, that is pretty awesome to be in that in that uh, pedigree of being a part of such a, a prestigious career and that what that coach did. Man, that's awesome. Do you feel as though do you feel as though being able to learn from somebody who had experienced that level of success maybe aided you in being a better, you know, physics teacher and things like that? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, when you're around winners, it rubs off, you know, and I, I just grew up um, learning how to win. And it's, you know, it, it's contagious and, uh, and winning breeds winning. And so, you know, yeah, when you get into doing something, you want to be you want to do it well, you want to be great, you want to be remembered um, for, for pursuing excellence. And that's, you know, when you think about beta, some people have asked, where does the name beta come from? What's well, an acronym? And that's why when you see it, all, all the letters are capitalized in beta. Because beta stands for the Be Excellent Today Alliance, Be Excellent Today Alliance. And I picked up that hashtag Be Excellent Today about probably about 10 years ago. And the reason why is because I think a lot of it goes back to some of the, the tutelage that I had growing up. But I firmly believe that everybody on this call, everybody in life, they know what it means to be excellent in the roles that they play. They know what it means to be an excellent parent when they go home. They know what it looks like to be an excellent spouse. The question is, are they going to do it? You know, when we come into our house, we know that we need to be present. Are we going to put our phone away and shut it down? Or are we going to say to our kids, hey, you're not as important as what might come through this phone. And I'm guilty as everybody else. It's hard. We got to we got to every day make that choice to be a great parent, to be a great spouse, to be a great boss or leader, to be a great um, you know, colleague, uh, whatever it is. We have to make that choice to pursue excellence that day. And so that's where that comes from is this idea of being excellent today. So whatever you're doing. Uh, and whatever role you're playing throughout the day, you know, pursuing excellence, I think is really important to create a habit of doing that. And I got that from my high school coach in particular, because he said, um, he used to say all the time, successful people have formed the habit of doing things that unsuccessful people don't want to do. And he would say that to us every day, it seemed like, maybe not every day, but it seemed like it. Every day, successful people have formed the habit of doing things that unsuccessful people don't want to do. And so I think without a doubt, the, the opportunities that I had in high school, college to play for very successful coaches and be around the winning culture has drastically impacted, you know, the success that I've had in life. And I owe a lot of it to those, those coaches that poured into me back then. Yes, sir. Hey, he, he hit it right on the head. Uh, successful people are going to do the things that other folks don't want to try to do or feel like it's too hard to do. And they're going to do it. They're going to find a way to do it easily because they're going to put their mind into it to see how can I streamline this process. So, uh, nah, he, 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 he lays some game on you, brother. He lays some game on you for real. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Yes, sir. We actually had somebody join the stage. It's my brother, Josh. How you doing, brother? I'm always blessed. I appreciate you for having me up, good brother. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Well, hey, Josh, for the folks who don't know you, let us know what company you come from, and then feel free to ask your question, brother. Absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you. Uh, Josh Henry uh, from the Philadelphia area. My company is Apex Energy Logistics. Uh, we focus on last-mile delivery, uh, box trucks. We've actually expanded to semis over the past five months now um hey. but we still focus on uh last mile local delivery uh here in the philadelphia new jersey and delaware area 
Um, I've grown my company from a small four-door SUV into a fleet of trucks, and we're growing exponentially every day. And it's also thanks to Jury because he was a part of that journey. So, you know, I love you, and I thank you for that, good brother. Anytime. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, um, I just want to say, Trey, uh, I, I love the spirit. I love your energy. I love everything that you said today. Um, I took notes on how to speak today within this room. So I, I appreciate you for being here and, and, and giving your time. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because now currently where I am in my business, and just to give you a small little uh, background on how I focused on doing what, what we do here is I, I, I focus a lot on or, or on being organic. So for our first year and a half of business, I did no marketing whatsoever. Um, and I, I branded myself kind of on something that you said earlier as far as um, making sure that you are the person that they remember. So, you know, with me and my team, our whole focus is the Chick-fil-A service. We try to be above and beyond and anybody yes, else. Shows up yeah. at the dock. So, you know, we wanted to do that organically. And now I'm at a point in the business where I want to get into marketing and branding um, and not to ask you to give away too much of your secret sauce, but what would you say is one exponential thing in branding that someone should do in order to get their company out there to those who don't know them after providing that good service that we've already done? Networking, without a doubt, networking, you know, get, getting around um, great people that um, are going to be your cheerleaders and the people that are going to tell other people about you. And I'll say this, you said you haven't done any marketing. You did plenty of marketing. You just didn't have to pay anything for it. You paid for it with your time, your blood, sweat, and your tears. You know, because as you built your reputation, that is marketing. I mean, that's building your brand and, and doing a great job with that. But, you know, getting around the right people and making sure that you know them and they know you is a huge way to amplify your business quickly without spending a lot of money. You're really spending time developing relationships. And you probably know those people. I said, if I said, Josh, write down the name of 10 people that um, would be cheerleaders for you and your brand. I bet you could probably write you know them down or at least five of them. I'd reach out to them to find out ways that you guys can do some things together and and find the people who are the influencers in your network as well. Um, the ones that can help your reach grow. Um, that That's huge because, you know, like, you know, Jory and I think about this, you know, Jory and I met about a month ago. He's got his network. I've got my network. There's definitely some crossover in that network and there's going to be more after this. But he's going to benefit from my network and coming and, do, and being a part of what I'm doing. And I'm going to benefit from his network and what he's doing. Um, and so that's a value add for both of us. And so, Josh, when you think about the people in your network that um, are influencers or who have a, a, a big network of their own, you know, you guys can help each other out by building some kind of co-branding coalitions of how can I, how can I um, you know, encourage you and what you're doing and how can you encourage me? Let me give you one example. So if you follow me, you know that I'm a big fan of Freight Vana and Shannon Breen and what he's doing out there. And Jory already referenced him as well. It's his boy. I mean, he's my boy too. That guy's amazing. I try to spend uh, time with him on a regular basis and with his company because they're a phenomenal company, phenomenal people. And so for me, like it's advantageous for both of us, for him and for me, for us to do things together and to encourage each other. So we, we were just on Freight Waves on Monday together talking about branding, but doing it together. Um, I talk about his company on my show from time to time, whenever the, the opportunity comes up and it's authentic. I, he's not paying me to do it. I'm not paying him to do it. Like we believe in each other and each other's companies. And so we're helping each other out. So when you intentionally do that, it helps to exponentially move your company forward with the right people 
um, because you're taking, you're getting it uh, to take advantage of someone else's network and vice versa. And so to me, that's, that's one of the easiest ways to really move the brand along without really having to put a lot of dollars into it. So that, that's, to me, that's the first thing I would focus on is who are the people in my network already that I could, you know, say, Hey, let, let's help each other out. How can I be a cheerleader for you? How can you be a cheerleader for me and come up with some ideas and ways that you can, you can do that together. Thank you. I applaud that. I actually do. Um, I, I, I greatly appreciate that. Take a, take a step back to you guys are talking about hooping. I don't hoop anymore, but I'm an avid golfer. I'd love to give you on a golf course one day, Trey. That a boy. Hey, listen, you don't have to tell you ask me twice. Uh, that's, that's easy. Um, <laughs> you know, and I know you got some nice courses up there in the Philadelphia area. You know, you got Marion and a few others up there and uh, it's beautiful up there. And if you ever make it to St. Louis, just reach out, man. I'm, I'm happy to show you around down here. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm 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 from Philly and PA, but the best golf courses are in New Jersey. I hate to say it. <laughs> well, no, I, I play New Jersey as well. There's some good tracks there. But let me ask this: What kind of sticks are you playing? What are you, what are you, what are you rolling with? Uh, I got um, uh, Callaway Big Berthas, stiff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, some I'm, some old school Big Berthas. I like. Yeah, it. old school. Yeah, I've been I've been playing nice. with those since uh, 2013. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I've got some uh, some Nike blades, some of the TW blades from about the same time, 2013, 2014. They're relics now because they don't make them anymore. They don't. But yeah, I, uh, they don't. <laughs> yeah, I went from Wilson staff blades in 1971 uh, staff blades to to um, the, the 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 Nike uh, TW blades back in 2014. Nice. Yeah, I had to switch over to stiff flex because that 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 flex was killing me off my drive. You swing too hard, man. I like it. You know, you got you yeah. in the gym. You've been getting after it. I like it. Try a little something small. <laughs> hey, fellas, I'm gonna have to get on the course. Uh, the one time I did try to play, we got rained out, so uh, I have less than nine holes under my belt. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll fix that, man. That's that's not a problem. There's some. I got some good friends in Atlanta that could help you out too. We'll get you on the golf course. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. And, uh, hey, Josh, man, I appreciate you coming up for asking that question. Trey did say one thing about networking, and I know that you're masterful at that. I did send you uh, an event. I don't know if you saw it, but I sent you an event that's going to be in Philly, actually. It's going to be the uh, Home Delivery World Conference. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening at the end of this month. And, uh, you know, I think that might be one of those places where uh, you might be able to take your company to the next level. Um, so did you plan on going? Already registered, good brother. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Josh, that's awesome. I'm not planning on going this year. I think it's great, though. It's an awesome event. I've been there before. Good people. Josh, I would highly recommend it. It's really good people there. Oh, nice, nice, nice. He said he was already registered. I, I, I love, love it. that. So, look, for folks who, who do not know, uh, you know, there is an event that's going down at the end of the month. Uh, you don't have to pay the all-access pass of $295. They do have free tickets. Um, you, you don't get all the access, <laughs> but you can be in the building to at least uh, shake hands, network, and get your company out there. It's going to be taking place uh, August 31st through September 1st, so it's a two-day event in Philly, um, and you know it, it might be able to take your company to the next level, so uh, go ahead and look into that. Uh, matter of fact, let me see if I can just drop a link for the people who might want to see it uh t uh, let me see can i do that real quick all right so i just added uh a link tree and it should be up there we also have uh trey's website up there as well in case you guys wanted to uh you know just have a way to check that out directly 
Um, but yeah, definitely make sure that you're taking advantage of that opportunity, especially if you're in the last mile delivery uh, business. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Hey, man, uh, well, Trey, did you did you want to say any closing remarks before we closed out? Well, this is my very first clubhouse uh, experience, so I appreciate you inviting me on. It's been a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And for everybody that was on the call, just thank you so much for, for your time. I know that uh, time, especially the evening, is precious. And so really appreciate that. And uh, and I'm excited to um, to see how you guys build your brands. And if I can be of, of service in any way, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. My handle on um, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and, uh, and TikTok is Trey Griggs 24. That's my my college number, but Trey Griggs 24. Um, you can find me there. And if I can help in any way, don't hesitate to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help in any way possible because um, we're both going to learn together and have fun together. And uh, it's going to be great. So, again, appreciate your time. Enjoy. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Uh, definitely, brother. I, I've really enjoyed this session. I've, I've learned a lot. You know, I've internalized a lot of things that might have been you know, things I might have thought, but the fact that you uh, were able to say it the way that you said it is definitely things that I'm going to be putting into practice at this point. So thank you uh, for coming on and being willing to share, you know, your insights, brother. Thank you again. Um, My pleasure. Yes, sir. And for those, uh, look, next week, join us. Join us on Monday, as always, as we're going to be partnering with FreightWaves their sonar team to uh, give you insights on where you should position your trucks to take advantage of the market conditions. Uh, next week, who am I interviewing? Hmm. I'm interviewing Fleet Drive. Yeah, the, the, the CEO from Fleet Drive. Um, actually, Trey, I got some folks that I want to introduce to you that could uh, possibly be on your, your, your uh, platform as well in the future. Um, but yeah, next week I'm going to be inter uh, interviewing the CEO of Fleet Drive, and uh, I'm very excited about it. They have a product that is helping uh, small fleets, you know, streamline their entire back office process, all their compliance, all their IFTAs, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, tune in. We're also going to have a, a, a fleet uh, owner uh, join us to be a part of that conversation as well so that they can speak firsthand how they're leveraging uh, the, the software, the services. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Also, as I told you guys, man, I've been working out very consistently five days a week for the last two months. And, uh, you know, I've been really, really valuing stretching. Uh, I'm going to be posting a link, um, a sign up, a registration so that we can go through the process, uh, maybe on a, a Wednesday or a Friday. Uh, and we're going to have a stretch session just as a community. Uh, we're going to have a physical therapist lead it. Um, and it's because at the end of the day, people who are supporting supply chain, they don't always have the opportunity, the ability to, you know, put their health first. And stretching is just one of those things that you can do wherever you are. I mean, if you're in a truck, you might have to pull over. Um, but, you know, it's just something that you can take control over, own and doing your own time. Uh, so we're going to be leading some of those of those efforts just to get the, the conversation started. Um, so, yeah, outside of that, that's everything I have for you guys. I appreciate the support as always. And hey, Jory. One yes, more thing sir. real quick. I love the fact that you've been working out and taking care of your health. We do um, we do a, a podcast every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Scott on this call. He, he's there every week. 6 a.m. We do a, a podcast called Iron Minds where we talk about 
getting our mind right and getting our body right to have a great week. You need to come on that, man. I think we need to have you on that and uh, and your audience as well, because we're all about just encouraging each other to, to get after it and you know get the week start off right. So kudos to you, man. I love that. No doubt. Hey, man, if we're doing it at six, I might be doing it from the gym <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's I'm, I'm up at five. I'm probably in the gym from five forty five to about seven thirty, maybe something like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's been that's my awesome. schedule. Keep it up, man. Yeah, keep doing it. You got to especially I mean, you know it, you know it Uh, for you guys. I, I haven't really just blasted this on Clubhouse, but your boy is about to be a father. So. You know, I know there's a lot of <laughs> lifting that comes with that. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be carrying. Yes, sir. Congratulations, like, brother. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you got you got to you got to carry like eight things every time you just go into the store or go to church. I mean, it's, exactly. Uh, it's crazy. Exactly. So you know, I'm really doing this so that one, I can be competitive. You know, at an older age, when my son thinks he really can do something, you know, whether it be basketball or just that's right. a foot race, you won't, you won't just need but that also, extra energy to keep up with that baby. I know. That's I right. mean, all of those things, man, all of them. So um, very, very excited. And I think that's really been a, a, a very motivating factor for me. Uh, but, yeah, definitely carrying all that stuff. We got to. <laughs> Got to be able to do that, man. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about all those things, and I'm happy to come onto that 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 platform. Uh, just send me the invite, brother. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll take care of it. All right, we'll bet. Well, look, everybody, be blessed. Y'all have a great week. Finish out the week strong. And if there's anything I can do for you in the meantime, you know how to reach me. Uh, have a blessed one, y'all. Thank you, Joe. Have a good one.